May we take our sins. I will just continue from intercession. May we go to the book of Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6. The gospel according to Matthew. It's right after Malachi before Luke. Verse 5. And, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Verse 7. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them. For your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask. Master, we thank you. This is your word, O oh Father. Speak to us tonight. May you bless the reading of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, when you study chapter number five of the book of Matthew, Jesus, we find a sermon there that was preached by Jesus on the mountain. He was preaching to a group of people and these are people who were used to the teachings of the Lord. So this is the first sermon from Jesus and how he starts his sermon, he starts by mentioning blessings. He does not crush the congregation because the law was used against them. Whenever you made any form of mistake, the law was used to judge you. But Jesus introduces something new to them. He does not focus on their faults. But he mentions the blessings that are found in the kingdom. So in, 
in his teaching he highlighted to the congregation that in this kingdom there are blessings when you live in a certain way now when you get to chapter number 6 it is a continuation of a sermon that started in chapter number 5 in chapter 6 jesus mentions prayer so in a way he was telling these guys that as the church prayer should be a part of you prayer should be your lifestyle it shouldn't be something that you do once in a while but you should always pray but when you pray do not be like the hypocrites who pray standing in synagogues and in the corners of the streets so that they may be seen by men there's nothing wrong with praying while you are standing there is nothing wrong with praying in the corners of the streets but jesus is warning these guys that in the church you shall find hypocrites people who will be doing certain things just to please men Their aim is not to please God but their aim is to gain approval from the public. So beware of hypocrites. Whenever you pray. So there's nothing wrong with praying while you're standing. I do it as well. There's nothing wrong. But why are you doing it? You want to pray in the streets why? Yeah. You want to pray in hospitals why? Amen. Are you doing it for God or you want to be recognized by people? So these guys were praying in the synagogues. But now their motives were not right. Yes they are praying which is good but the motive behind their prayer is not right so the state of your heart is what determines if your prayer is unto God or men so Jesus is saying you guys prayer is good but there are hypocrites in the synagogues so now as they were praying in the, in the synagogues they wanted the public to recognize them as the most religious men yeah. as they were praying in the streets they wanted the public to recognize them as religious men so now they were not expecting any form of reward from god because their prayers were not to god but their prayers were to the public so they were expecting a reward from the public in the form of honor and praises but not anything from god yes they were praying but their aim is to please men praying is a good thing 
But these hypocrites, the word hypocrite means an actor. Yeah. So, as they were praying, all that they were doing was just an act. They were just entertaining the public. Actors entertain people. Yeah. And they receive their reward in the form of praises and honor from the people. So now, these guys, as they are praying, they are expecting their rewards from the people that they are entertaining. So now, that is their reward. Nothing more. So now, wherever you pray, Jesus says, enter into your closet, shut the door, and then pray to your Father. So, prayer, it should be between you and God. It's not about teamwork. I'm not crushing group prayers. They are good and they are in need. But the people who are praying there, do they understand why they are praying? Yeah. You are praying as a group. When as an individual, I, is it about you and God or you are doing it to, just to please a friend? Or you want the pastor to see that indeed you are part of prayer? So Jesus is saying, when you are praying, close the door. In a way, prayer is a one man's job. So it's between you and God. When you do it alone, you do it with understanding. So now, you pray in secret. Your father who is in secret, he shall hear you when you pray. So whenever you pray, withdraw yourself from the crowd and go to a secret place and have a conversation with God then you are doing it with understanding and you understand the man that you are praying to. Whenever you are in a secret place, God is always there. In places where you feel like you are the only person there, God is always there. So remove any form of distractions and approach God in secret. Now, when you are doing it with understanding, there's no one who's watching you when you are praying. There's no one who's going to praise you for praying. But it's between you and God. It's a matter of a relationship between you and God, not the public. So withdraw yourself and speak to God in, in, in private. Because whenever you do it in secret, you are free to mention anything to him. You are free to say anything to God. And he is there listening. In those secret places, God is always present. And he is listening to what you are saying. So do not be like the hypocrites who focus on pleasing people, but pray in secret. God wants to have a private session with you. He, he wants to hear you, what you have to say to him. When you are talking to him in secret, he is talking to you. So now there are things that 
he can say to you in private that he cannot say in the presence of the crowd. In the book of John, there's a woman that the Pharisees brought to Jesus. She was caught in the very act of adultery. They brought her to Jesus as she was. And Jesus did not address the woman in the presence of the Pharisees. But he addressed the Pharisees. After they left, that's when Jesus addressed the woman. It was now the woman and Jesus away from the Pharisees. And when she was with him, Jesus started talking to him, to her. So now, there are things that he couldn't have said because of the public. But now they had to leave for Jesus to start talking. Uh, Abraham, God told Abraham to leave his hometown. When he left, he took Lot with him. There's a time when Lot was separated from Abraham. After he left, that's when God said, Abraham, turn around and look. Because the covering being Lord was no longer there. So now there is no form of distraction. There are certain things that I can reveal to you now. Because Lord is no longer there. It's just you and me. So now there are certain things that I will say to this woman in the absence of the Pharisees. But there are things that God will reveal to you when you are having a moment with him. But those things will not be revealed when there are people around. He just wants you and him in a secret place. Because there's, there's no form of distraction there. When he speaks, you hear him clear. But if you guys are a group, you will make you will confuse his voice with one of your friends. So he wants all of your attention when he reveals certain things to you. So now, when we pray to him in secret, this God that we pray to, he rewards you openly. It starts with a private conversation. The conversation is private, but the reward is made in public. The reward is not given in that secret place. When he rewards you, even people who were not there when you were praying, they shall see the reward. People who didn't know that you were praying, they shall testify that indeed there's a God because of the reward. So now you pray in secret. When he answers you, there will be witnesses. Uh, in the book of Exodus, you find a man called Moses. Moses was sent by God to Egypt. God sent him to go and rescue the children of Israel 
from the land of Egypt. Now, along the way, in the wilderness, the children of Israel were hungry. Because of their hunger, there's a moment where they preferred Egypt over Canaan. Because of a temporal situation, the past was preferred. So now, as they were hungry, they complained to Moses. Moses represented God before the nation. And Moses was the voice of the nation before God. So when God wanted to pass something to the nation, he spoke through Moses. When God wanted to hear something about the nation, Moses spoke to God. So now when these guys complained about hunger, the voice of the nation approached God in secret. And he presented the problem. So Moses had a conversation with God about the nation. The nation was not there when Moses was talking to God. Aaron was not there when Moses was having the conversation with God. So it was just Moses and God. Moses was in a secret place where no one could disturb him. He was not alone in that moment, but God was present. So he spoke to God about the current problem, and God rewarded him after the conversation. But now the reward was presented before the whole assembly. The assembly was not part of the conversation, but they are part of the reward. So now it started with a private conversation away from the assembly. The manna was not given in secret, but the manna was given before the whole assembly. And it took Moses having a private conversation with God in a secret place. When he was rewarded for that conversation, it was done before the whole nation. So when he rewards you, he rewards you openly. So do not be like the hypocrites who get their reward from men. But when you pray in secret, there's a God who is listening. And he shall surely reward you. When he rewards you, the reward will not be a secret thing. But the whole assembly shall testify that indeed this is from God. Just as the nation testified that this bread is from God. They were not part of the conversation. The conversation was between Moses and God. So when you pray, enter into your closet. Have a secret moment with God. Dwell in the secret shadow of the Most High. And he shall reward you. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When moment he rewards you, everyone shall testify. It won't be a secret thing. But it shall be presented before everyone. I'm about to close. 12 and 8. <laughs> so now, he goes on to say, 
in verse number 8. He says, when before you even pray, he already knows what you are going to say. Before you even make any request, the man knows your needs already. So in that secret place, you see, have a secret moment with God. In every secret place, God is present. You just need to be aware of his presence. In Genesis chapter number 28, there's a man called Jacob. Jacob was in a mountain and he was sleeping in that place. He was alone in that mountain. There was no form of disturbance. And when he slept, he had a dream. And when he woke up from that dream, the first thing that he said was, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know. Amen. So Jacob was in the same place with God, but he was not aware of his presence. Amen. Till the point where God sent a dream as a way of notifying him that I'm here with you. But when he got there, Jacob was not aware that God is in this place. It took a dream from God for him to see that indeed God is here. I'm not alone in this place. So now, it is possible for people to be in the same place with God and not know that God is there. It is possible to be in the same place with him and not recognize his presence. It is possible for born-again believers to be in the same place with God and not know that God is present. Yes. I'm not talking about God being present in a place like physical place. Like God being present in an individual. It's possible for believers not to be aware of that. When you ask them about where God is, they start pointing the heavens. Because they know about a God who is in heaven, who is in the sky. But they don't know about the God who dwells in them. So now when you ask them about God, they shall point unto the heavens, but not in them. In the book of Exodus, God instructed the children of Israel to build an ark. And so the ark represented God's presence. Wherever the ark was, God was there. So it housed the presence of God. That's why in the book of First Samuel, when Eli heard that the ark was captured, he fell on his seat and died on the spot. Because the when he received the news, the first thing that they told him was, your sons are dead. 
that did not bother him. Because God had warned him about that. He was aware that one day my sons are going to die. But now there's something that God had not said to him. God did not tell him that he was going to lose the ark. Eli was aware that by losing the ark, I am losing your presence. So now I cannot live without your presence. When the ark is taken, it means that God has been taken from the nation. And the nation cannot survive without the presence of God. So now God minimized himself into one ark. And now, so now after resurrection, the Holy Spirit came, God multiplied himself and he occupied different acts. So now as the church, we are the ark that's housing the Godhead. God dwells within us. Wherever we are, God is there. So when we get to a place where God is not known, we usher his presence into that place. So everywhere we go, we are in his presence. So now, we need, but are we aware of his presence? Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know. We need to be aware that wherever we go, God is with us. We don't spend any moment away from him. So now, when before you even pray, the man already knows your needs. He knows what you are dealing with. Before you even start saying, Father, he already knows. But he wants to hear your voice. He wants to have a moment with you. Yes, I know what you are dealing with, but I want you to tell me about it. Amen. Even though I know, because talking to him about it shows that you trust him. Yes. You have confidence in him. Yes. You know that when I tell him about it, it shall change. Yes. So he wants you to talk to him about the problem. Yes. Don't just stay there and say, God knows. You know how people are. They love saying, hey, yes, he knows. But did you tell him about it? Even though he knows, the man loves the sound of your voice. He wants you to tell him what is bothering you. In the book of Mark chapter number four, there's a time when the disciples were in a boat. And along the way, they faced a storm. These guys tried everything in their power to fight the storm, but the storm was too much for them. Even their own understanding failed them against the storm. Their wisdom failed them against the storm. But in the midst of that storm, Jesus was sleeping. People are busy fighting, trying to save their lives from a storm. The Prince of Peace was at peace. Yes. He was sleeping in the midst of the storm. So now, the moment they noticed that our strength has failed us, they turned to the man. When they, 
got to him, they said, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? This statement shows that these disciples knew something about Jesus. Because you cannot say, do you not care that we are perishing if the man is not aware what you are going through? So they knew that even though he is sleeping, he is aware of what's happening around us. Even though he is sleeping, the man knows everything. If he is an all-knowing being, then he is aware of the storm even in his sleep. So now, but the disciples had to turn to him and ask for assistance because they knew that he has the power to save them. We are in need of salvation. Our own works could not save us. Our own wisdom could not save us. What our fathers taught us could not save us. So our, safety, our salvation is in one man. And the man is sleeping. Master, do you not care that we are perishing? So now, when he woke up, so the disciples turned to him. They're like, nigga, it's rough. We need you now. And they saw that, you know, you know when, even now I still don't understand. You know how a storm is. And you are in the same boat, but you are sleeping. Jesus was comfortable when everything was happening. But the disciples were dealing with the Lord. So now, even whatever storm that you are facing, he is aware of it. He knows it very well. But you need to turn to him. For as long as you are trying to save yourself, the man is sleeping. Master, you cannot be sleeping when we are dealing with the Lord. You cannot be sleeping when the church is struggling. Do you not care that we are perishing? So now, as disciples, turn to him. Call on him and present the problem. The first thing that Jesus did when he opened his eyes was peace be still. So he was aware of what was happening. So now when they presented the problem to him, that's when he responded. So now, yes, you are going through a lot, but you are still hiding your problem from the man. He wants to hear your voice, even though he knows what you are going through, even though he knows how hard it is for you, but he wants to have a moment with you. He wants to hear your voice in the midst of the storm. Call on God and he shall respond to your request. So now, he knows it very well, but he needs you to tell him about it. For as long as we are quiet, we cannot blame God for anything. Because we are quiet. He's an all-knowing being and he knows everything. Tend to God as disciples. Tend to him and present your matter. In the book of John, chapter number 11, we meet 
the story of Lazarus. Lazarus was sick and he died. Jesus was away. After Lazarus died, he told his disciples that, let's go to Bethany. There's a problem in Bethany. When Lazarus died, Jesus was not there. But when he got to the compound in Bethany, Martha ran to Jesus and she said, if only you were here, my brother wouldn't have died. But there's a problem with this statement. If only you were here, my brother wouldn't have died. Matter, 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 matter. Why are you blaming Jesus for being away? Why wasn't your brother with Jesus? Why was Lazarus away from Jesus? Martha left and went to Mary. Mary came to Jesus and she repeated the same statement. And she said, if only you were here, my brother wouldn't have died. But Mary, your brother is the one who was away from Jesus. Why wasn't she with here with Jesus when the others were with Jesus? For you to die, Jesus doesn't have to be away from you. But you have to be away from Jesus. Because Lazarus was away from life. And when you are away from life, you expose yourself to death. He, he was away from Jesus. Life is found in Christ. And Lazarus was away from Christ. And he was exposed to death. But now these two ladies were faced with a problem. Being the death of Lazarus. And Jesus was aware of that. But now when Jesus got there, they still presented the problem to Jesus. Even though the man knows that Lazarus has already been buried, but he still wanted to hear their voices. He still wanted them to tell him about their problem. Because he wants to hear your voice. With whatever it is that is affecting you, he still wants you to talk to him. I know how hard it is for you, oh matter. But talk to me about it. I have the solution. I know the problem. I know how it's affecting you. But I need you to talk to me about it. Before addressing the problem, let me address you first. I cannot address the problem when you are not at peace. Have you realized that when you are dealing with the Lord and you go and pray, the moment you say, Amen. And leave that prayer room. There's this level of peace that you feel. Amen. You feel that after talking to the man. But when you came here, you were not at peace. So, matter, tell me about the problem. I want to deal with you first before resurrecting Lazarus. Jesus knows the power of talking. 
So whenever you are going through a lot, talk to God first before approaching your pastor. Your pastor has been sent by God to you, but your pastor is not God. There are things that your pastor cannot do for you. Even though you, when you tell her about your problem, she's going to advise you and pray for you. But there are things that only God can do. The peace that you get after talking to God is not the peace that you will get after talking to men. So even before approaching your own family, talk to God first about a problem. And he shall deal with you. The problem is that we try to hide a lot of things from God. But God wants to hear your voice. He wants you to talk to him. Kiss the son lest he be angry. He wants to have fellowship with you. But that cannot happen when you are not talking to him. He's there waiting. When you talk to him, he responds. So now, the problems that we are dealing with, for as long as we are keeping them from God, we'll never find peace. There's nothing that can be hidden from God. Nothing at all. Even your mess cannot be hidden from God. The problem is that we think we can hide certain things from God. Genesis chapter number 3. We find a man called Adam. Adam had a wife being Eve. But now, there's a time when these guys messed up. After messing up, they tried to hide from God. But God came to the garden. He was aware of the problem. He was aware of the mess. But he still came to the garden. The mess could not stop him from visiting Adam. The mess could not stop him from talking to Adam. The mess could not stop him from hearing Adam's voice. So your mess does not stop God from visiting you. Your mess does not stop God from talking to you. It does not stop him from hearing your voice. These guys had messed up, but God still came in the garden. And he called Adam and said, Adam, where are you? Even after the mess, he still wants to talk to you. I know what happened between you, even the serpent. But I want us to talk about the problem. Where are you, Adam? But Adam is now hiding from God. We think we can hide our mess from God. But nothing can be hidden from God. So now, the problem is that after messing up, we think we can run away from God. The first problem that we do is running. Yes, you've messed up. You know, let me give you a tip. I'm not saying mess up. Hear me right. After messing up, the first thing you should do, don't run to any man, but run to God. Yeah. No matter how bad it is, run to God. Yeah. 
He wanted to talk to Aiden after the fall. But this guy was hiding. He thought he could hide the mess from God. There's nothing that can be hidden from God. I know that you messed up, O Aiden. But son, talk to me. Let's fix the mess. Because you cannot keep it from me. Hiding it does not change the fact that it happened. But let's talk about it. The problem, we think we are too big for God. And we can hide all things from God. There's nothing that can be hidden from God. But run to God with your mess. And present it to the man. And he shall respond to you. Tell him about your weakness. Be like Aiden. If ladies are your weakness, tell him. <laughs> because Aiden, Aiden responded and he said, The woman you gave me. So meaning this woman is my weakness. That's why I messed up. So tell him about your weaknesses. And he shall guide you through those weaknesses. If he is your rock, it means that he's your strength. There's nothing that you can hide from God. So now whenever we pray, let's present everything to God. Prayer is a way of communicating with God. You cannot communicate with God outside prayer. The Bible says, God says in the Bible, come, let's reason together. So he is calling you to the heavenly boardroom to discuss matters. Amen. When we are having a discussion, I listen to you and you listen to me. Yeah. It cannot be a conversation if it's one-sided. God wants to hear from you and he wants to talk to you. Don't expect anyone to pray on your behalf. For you to hear God, you don't need to be an apostle. You don't need to be a prophet. You don't need to be an evangelist. You don't need to be a pastor. You don't need to be a teacher, but you need to be a son. Yes. So you can hear God at any time. And you can talk to God at any time. Let us be a praying church. There are things that God wants to reveal to you, but he cannot reveal them when you are not there. We are too busy for God. But God is there. Son, come, let's talk. You are too busy for God. We cannot have any relationship with God outside prayer. In any form of relationship, communication is key. You cannot have a relationship when you are not communicating, even in your families. But we are too busy for God. We cannot live without prayer. There's a man, when you study Habakkuk chapter number two, Habakkuk writes and he says, I will sit on my watch and see what God will say to me. And I will respond. 
So when God speaks, you can hear him. And you can respond to what he says. But you need to be prayerful. Prayer is very important. As a church, let's value prayer. Have your own moment with God. Away from the world. Lock yourself in a room and pray to God. The man is always there waiting to hear your voice. But you need to approach him. Make yourself available. There's joy in his presence. There's peace in his presence. Happy are they that are in his presence continually. But let's not be too busy for God. Let's pray. Pray. We'll continue with this some other time. I thank you for your time. Mama. Can we get this for Jesus? I don't know every time when I go to the presence of God and I feel bent when I leave the presence I feel very good hallelujah so I love what brother Pidani said amen I, I just want to acknowledge the, the family hallelujah God bless them hallelujah they have just become my kids, hallelujah. Their father is a pastor, hallelujah. So thank God to thank you so much for honoring this 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 day. Hallelujah. God bless you. I never knew who Today, hallelujah. Because every day I deal with four and five. But today I say a full house and all of them decide. And I want to thank God for the good man. Thank you, my baby girl. This guy is Makulubiswat, so I cannot go there. Hallelujah. So thank you so much. I know Abanya Basaya School in Sasa, but God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mr. Kunen. God bless you. You know, I'm always blessed to be. In the in the uh, in your teachings because normally but I learn a lot from you. Hallelujah. Can we just close our eyes? Father, we thank you. You are a good God, Heavenly Father. And every time when you speak, we thank you so much tonight that we have learned, oh God. What